0: Three, two, one. Music Fools Crack the Beat! Hello, and welcome to
1: Music Fools Crack the Beat. I'm Tom Shanahan. And I'm Jacob Mayer. Each week, we explore a piece of music, dive into the beat through dance, and grow our knowledge of the art. You know, Tom, we may not really know a little nor a lot, but, you know, every time we do this recording, there's Mighty Crack, yeah?
0: Absolutely. Huh. There is yeah. always mighty crack. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And Tom, today, today, you know, I've had a kind of rough, kind of uh, busy, dark week. I don't know if you can oh, really? tell by my diminished chords. Oh, okay. It's like the beginning of actually. Uh, have you ever heard the beginning of Stravinsky's? Right, I think it's right of Spring, where he starts off with like that crunchy. Bop, 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 Okay. I don't know got, uh, What's the name of the piece? I think it's Rite of Spring. Rite, right of Spring. Yeah, okay. it starts with some real. Cr- I'm not sure if that's the beginning oh, though. Actually, that's the beginning a of a different rich, part. Given the the season. Hmm. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 been that kind of week. But you know, I'm really glad that we're kind of looking into a happy piece of music, uh, an upbeat kind of bright piece of music today. Happy. Um, yeah.
0: Walked with no one and talked with no one. I had nothing but shadows.
1: Ah, uh, maybe not that bright.
0: <laughs> and I brightened at last. Oh, well, it does get bright. There we
1: go. Ah, uh, yeah. So there's some darkness there, also, I guess.
0: There is a bit of darkness, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the song name, Jacob? We're talking about On today? the
1: sunny side of the street. And I'll do a quick playthrough. What do you think? Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs>
2: That's
0: nice. <laughs> i like this it's
1: a nice one though it's a really nice piece i like the piece time i i i this is my first time learning it i've heard it before mm. but this is really my first time really digging into learn the piece it's not a piece i would have picked probably on my own so i'm really glad really? that you and uh actually my buddy jason is really into this piece and he keeps asking me to learn mm. it so between the two of you i felt like yeah i gotta learn this piece and I really I'm glad I, I, I practice it. I'm really glad I did. Uh because it's mm. got a little bit too much of a casual brightness for it to be the normal kind of piece that I would pick out. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh interesting. Hmm. But I really like it and uh yeah. I really enjoyed practicing it. But I gotta this, work on it a bit is... more.
0: No, it sounds good. I um this is this is definitely a piece that I really like. Hmm. It's very uplifting, very bright very um uh, very danceable hmm. and I'll, I'll be talking about some dance points later but um just from a kind of a teaching point of view myself and one of my uh the teachers that worked with me hmm. there we we did a whole class just based on this song oh wow where we took like we took like five to ten ver- maybe five versions I, have, I had about 30 versions on my computer from that research with the with um Sam's her name, uh, with her when we were researching it. Hmm. So about 30 versions. Now we have about 60 because of what uh, <laughs> we're doing this. Gonna, don't worry, we're not going to play 60 versions. We're going to play about maybe 20. Um, <laughs> 20. 20, oh
1: my gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but no. no, We'll we play a couple. We'll play um, a couple. We'll play, we'll play a couple. But
0: it, it's such a beautiful song. It is, and it's so, it, it's been done. This song has been done, I can tell you. Has been done a lot. Yeah, it's just a real classic sound. It's just such a great sound to listen to.
1: Um, it really is. It really okay. is. so here's a proposal. Uh, what do you propose, in the Tom? In the non-marital sense. <laughs> You're not going to propose to me? Ah. <laughs> I know it's 21st you brought century, me Jacob. up. I was excited. You, know, you lifted up my. Mm, you know. Mm,
0: mm. I was bringing up the spirits, that boy. What is your back, proposal? What is your again. proposal? Okay, so I've got a couple of it's here, okay. and you're gonna guess whether I'm bullshitting you or not.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Okay, I'm in a little. I, I'm. I think I might be in trouble this week. So, I um, I, I spent a lot of time learning this piece and not as much time studying the history. So let's let's see if I, I can I, pull I, it off. I I think
2: you'll
0: get me. I think you'll get we'll me. see. So we'll
1: the see. first one is, first one is,
0: uh, Fatswater and Andy Razaf composed and authored the song in 1930.
1: Oh, okay. Starting starting out with well, a strong one there. Okay.
0: Second one is it was first recorded again in 1930 by Ernie Golden. Oh, okay. Him and his band.
1: Okay. All right.
0: The third pieces. It was first featured, so not recorded, but featured in Lou Leslie's International Review, and that starred Harry Richmond and Gertrude
1: Lawrence. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. all right all right there's some uh that's yeah you picked out some 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 good uh conversation starters there <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> go. good ones okay so the first one tom r- repeat exactly what you said i would say there's stuff def- it's de- i would say it's false probably or it's predicted we, we believe it might be false but let-, let me hear it again so
0: waller waller and razaf yeah composed and authored so they comp- so composed sung. And
1: uh, wrote the lyrics for the song in 1930. Okay, so I'm aware that there's controversy about who originally wrote this piece, but the the uh, musical composition. Yeah, the musical composition. I'm 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 mm. I, I believe there's definitely, or I've read there's controversy. <clears throat> uh, some people think Fats Waller wrote it and maybe sold it off mm. to uh, Jimmy McHugh, yes. but it's it's unproven and hard to really. Hard to really say if that's so, the case or not.
0: So I have, yeah, so yeah, you brought Jimmy McHugh. So it, it, it is attributed to Jimmy McHugh and he wrote hundreds. As did Fats Waller, they wrote hundreds of jazz standards.
1: Yeah, and right? they're both so, excellent composers and musicians. So it's it's really hard absolutely. to say what who actually wrote this. So
0: I, I don't think, so from my research, I don't think there's any good strong evidence that Fats Waller wrote the song. Mm. What there is, is there's another song called Spreading Around Rhythm. And that's attributed to McHugh, but there are there has been early drafts have been found within Fats Waller's handwriting, mm. incomplete drafts for early drafts of the song. So it seems to me that there's a link there that I think Waller probably didn't like McHugh, <laughs> that he might have he might have. So I I get the sense that Fats Waller sold a lot of his work in the 30s and maybe 1929 because he was broke and maybe he needed money mm. so but I also heard of a different story where Fats Waller what he used to do was go to different publishing companies and sell the same song to different publishing
1: ooh, companies ooh that is sneaky that so is sneaky so he used sneaky. to do that as well
0: Fats Waller was a bit of a you know a chancer yeah Um, but I th- I I haven't found any good evidence except a bit of hearsay from Fats Waller's son who said that he never wanted to hear that song in the house and he never wanted his son to play it hmm and Fats also, he was supposed to record the song, I think, in the 30s sometime. And he did it like a, re- a rehearsal. And then the next day he was supposed to record, but never turned up.
2: Mm, mm, mm.
0: So it seems like he didn't... I get the sense that he didn't like the song because it was such a success. It was a very successful song. And because McHugh... There's a bit of history between those two that maybe McHugh used some of his work that he sold. Mm. And Fats might have been a bit, perhaps a bit resentful. That's my sense of the whole thing
1: yeah that all sounds possible but it also sounds a lot like more conjecture a little bit to me like it sounds like what you're saying makes sense but it's hard to really know what the situation is
0: is. so it it, it, the thing that seems concrete in my mind is that McHugh composed the song Mm. and there there is maybe some very 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 tenuous thing but there doesn't seem to any evidence to support yeah about this this particular song Uh,
1: you know (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd agree, yeah. you know, I couldn't find any evidence either, but I Never. I prefer leaving this particular point open because the fact is we don't really know, and the fact is a lot of people and artists do get taken advantage in this kind of way. I don't really know mm-hmm. if he was taken advantage of this kind of way. It sounds like Fats Waller was uh trying to take advantage of some other people too by selling his songs all over the place. So, perhaps you know, there's a, there's a but- little bit of Thing, there might be things going on on both think sides here. Sure, sure. I
0: mean, I mean, I'm sure composers would have taken from each other back in the day, um, and I suppose copyright. I don't know what copyright was like in the 30s. Yeah, but like I, I'm just going to go with
1: McHugh wrote this song. Okay, okay. So now, I'm going to no,
0: that. That's where I. That's where I stand at the moment. That's my stance.
1: So I'm going to just bring something up, kind of related to this. Oh yeah, a little sure. bit controversial, and I'm not sure Uh-oh. how you'll react to this.
0: <laughs> oh. There we go. So I think I know what you want to say. Oh, now I want to know what you think you know. Now let let me here. This is what I'm thinking. No, go ahead. Just, just tell me.
1: Yeah. So my thought is that um, this song stands out as a piece of music that might be very easily used to represent white people uh, adopting African American culture and. Taking ownership of it now. Again, we don't have any proof of this. We have zero proof, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't want to say that that is what is happening. But I, I still think that the piece itself does, in to some extent, stand for that. It, it's, it's some extent, it has that sense of like, Jimmy McHugh is a producer and composer and band leader who uh, wrote this uh, international review. This, this. Uh, perform- so he didn't write the international review. Oh, he. I don't he, think he wrote that. Oh, what did he, he do? He wrote the he song. Wrote, okay. He, so yeah, it was, it Lou, was Leslie, Lou Leslie, Lou right? Lou yeah. Leslie. So Lou Leslie's, Leslie. Leslie's okay. International Review. So Lou Leslie, we're going to get into a little history here. I, I I mixed up names here, but Lou Leslie, Lou Leslie mm-hmm. is, was known for bringing African American entertainment to white audiences. Okay. So this particular rev- uh, international review was actually a, a white performance brought to white audiences. So he was a little bit outside of his kind of wheelhouse and right. it, it's sort of a situation where, so he's bringing white, he, he has a history of bringing white, uh, bringing white yeah, yeah, audiences, yeah. Black, black content. And That's now just, he's just switched yeah. over to having a pure white performance to bring to white audiences. It sort of yeah. has that sense of taking, of adopting these things from black American culture and kind of whitewashing them. Now I don't, think that means it's the wrong thing to do this happens in a lot of different cultures but i think there is a conversation there to be had i don't know what do you think about all that <sighs> okay So <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get into it all especially since we're still on our our three points but well, maybe we come back to it when we when we finish no, our no, points no, no, no.
0: no this sounds like looking back at something and trying to insert race into something that Really, I don't think that had anything to do with race.
1: Possibly. See, I don't know. When you're talking about that's jazz that's and music, man, I don't know.
0: But this particular song, I think we're grasping straws here. Because my sense, so the song, so there's another story by McHugh's uh, granddaughter. Um, and I link the the website in the description where she was saying that McHugh was down in his luck in the 30s. I think they all had it shit in the 30s 30s was
1: a really difficult time nice.
0: right i mean and and once we start playing this game of some people had a better and some people it worse it, it's not a good game to play anyway mm. put that aside okay so uh the grand granddaughter or daughter i can't remember which um recalls a story that he said that in the 30s he's down his luck he didn't have a piano and he was walking along the street mm. and he met George Gershwin, who was a friend of his. Ah, uh, yeah. And he's, and he said to Gershwin, I'm just, you know, if only, if only I had a piano, I could get some I could get some, shit, I could get some d- stuff done, you know. And Gershwin was like, oh, I'll give you a piano. <laughs> so there's a story of Gershwin. No, Gershwin gave him a green piano. Yeah, I think I'd heard about that. I've heard you about heard I
1: didn't I didn't read the whole thing, but I have, I have read about the green piano.
0: Yeah. And apparently he, he composed this song. And to me, the song is about, you know, like, buck up. Times are shit, but let's, let's look on the, it's like, look on the bright side. It's like, it's like that Monty Python, yeah. Uh, which, which feels like the same song to me. <laughs> yes. You know, you know, I'm, I'm totally dissing, um, oh, I blanked on this. Always look on the song. bright side when of the life. Yeah. Always look on the bright side of life. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it seems like, uh, just to play on that, that kind of theme. Is, I, is I that know, the racial stuff. I'm not sure. That,
1: that I, song I, always I, look I on the bright side that, of yes, life, yes, Tom. Yes, I, that song always look on the bright side of life. That. Yeah. Is that an original Monty Python? That's not originally theirs, is it?
0: I think it is the. I think the new is, is a guitarist. He plays the guitar. Oh, I thought the guy who's on the okay. cross. Well, I have to look his, into uh, that.
1: I've, I have to look into that. I. I could be wrong. I. It's a. I, uh, I think, I think that might um, be he, them adopting. Eric Idle. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Eric.
0: I was think. I was thinking Eric Clapton in my head earlier. I was like, that's not his name. That's not his name. <laughs> Eric Idle. <laughs> Eric Idle. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, I was gonna. He's a great musician. Oh comedian sorry, fabulous comedian
1: well that's something to look into so in my device, let, in let's fact. backtrack because I didn't answer the rest of your sure. questions. so oh yeah what, yeah, was, yeah, your yeah, sec- what was your second what was your I want to get talking more <clears> about <throat> the origins in the 1930s but what was your second point tom okay. uh
0: first recorded by ernie golden
1: okay so I'm embarrassed to say that I don't recall who ernie golden is however, however mm. I mm. did notice when I was researching this piece that there is a recording of the piece that is dated from before the International Review's debut?
0: That's not possible.
1: Really? Well, then I <laughs> guess this is just straight up <laughs> false. <laughs> well, You've uh, given uh, me who the is, answer.
0: <laughs> but who, yeah, well, the Ernie Golden is is uh, bullshit. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he, did, he did record it in that same year. He did record it, though. And we can play it in a second if you want. Um, but who, who, who was the recording you were thinking of before the review?
1: You know, I I'd have to look for it. Um, was it Ted Lewis? Was it
0: Ted Lewis? Is that who you're thinking
1: of? It might be Ted Lewis. I I, I found it dated on a list of recordings, um, but I'd I'd have to look it up. Let me see if I can find it. There is a
0: date of someone singing it, but I I don't think it was recorded.
1: Yeah yeah, maybe the Ted Lewis Orchestra is listed as. Um, that is like a week, a week or two later. It was a. Quarter. Oh, that was a it week was, or two later. It was just after. Yeah, uh, it was
0: just after. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I here it's got. So well, this one,
1: particular yeah. chart on the charts apparently. Yeah. The Ted Lewis is mm-hmm. listed before the Henry Richmond, mm-hmm. but that might be just on the charts, not on the actual recording. Uh,
0: so, um, <clears throat> Harry Richmond. So, he was the original guy in the review. And he's got a, he's got a fabulous recording of the song, which uh, I think we might play uh, later. It's I really like it. It's very funny, uh, very well done. Cool. Um, but I th- I think he recorded it after
1: uh, Ted Lewis. So it's oh, okay, Ted Lewis. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, Ted, I have a sense you wanna... that you're probably you probably have this information accurate. Uh, I i oh, more... of course I do. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you. I skimmed over this so. <laughs>
0: no i uh, know he did record it after um ted lewis is is noted as the first recording oh okay okay not the and, first person who sang it but the first recording
1: and tom what, what was, was your the, last point oh you had also um, awesome? it was about the
0: it was the review it's just about the review you got that right it, it's, we've just talked oh okay okay it, it being the right. international review but it was um we were talking about the controversy between well controversy in virtual comments between Fats Waller and uh Jimmy McHugh. Yeah. Now the, the lyrics are undoubtedly written by uh Dorothy Fields. So we'll just Yeah. There. It wasn't Andy Razaf who, who was who was a, a writer for or writer with rather uh Fat Like he wrote like when we talk about Honeysuckle Rose, he wrote yeah. the lyrics for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This Dorothy Fields wrote the lyrics for Sunny Side of the Street.
1: Yeah. And they're great lyrics, especially for a depression era song, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what Let's look, uh, let's do this. Let's play Richmond singing, the initial verse. But this is actually an interesting point. The initial verse is not in most versions of the song. Okay. Um. So, you know, they, they kind of, it, it for me, the first verse sets up the song. So the song, you might know, you hear lots of versions. It usually starts with grab your coat, get your hat, blah, 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 blah. Mm. That, in the original, there's actually a verse before that. Okay. Um. Yeah, let's play
1: that. Okay, let's hear it. Here we go.
3: I walked with no one and talked with no one, and I had nothing but shadow. Then one morning you pass, then I brighten that laugh. Now I greet the day. And complete the day with the sun in my heart. All my worries blew away when you taught me how to say, "Grab
1: your coat and get your hat." Oh, nice, nice.
0: Yeah, we, so that's you know, the original with, singer. Yeah, that is that cool. Was nice just to showcase that.
1: I have to say that by cutting out that that those lyrics at the beginning, it mm. turns the song into it takes the song out of being more of a love song and turns it more into a straight up happy go lucky tune more, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah I, that yeah, must yeah, be why yeah.
1: they did that, because they're they're take they've taken by removing that bit, they've taken away the references to a woman and
0: mm. or or mm. a
1: or man or whoever's making the other person happy, mm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually yeah. like that they remove that part. I think it t- it's it's nice to hear yeah, the original, right. but I think it takes away from the the feeling of the song actually. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah,
0: I suppose that the, a lot of a lot of songs would uh, just have a a very quick intro, hmm. musical intro, and then get into the song. Whereas this this kind of like a monologue, it feels like a monologue at the start before the song gets going, as you can hear. Hmm. from Harry Richmond there yeah that makes sense
1: well that's a good point what you're talking about there and I was actually saving this conversation for a little bit later but mm-hmm. um but I'll just jump in right now <laughs> so Quite what awesome. I was thinking about was you know th- what what's one cool thing about this the lyrics and the 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 vocals of this piece is it's set up so that you can uh, perform its sung, but actually a lot of people perform it more in a partially sung and partially spoken style. Okay. Um, and it really lends itself to that. Like
2: mm. casual,
1: we're talking, we're happy, we're chatting, and I'm telling you a story mm. about...
2: Mm. Mm.
1: I, I felt that a lot with the piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, I do have an example I could play where oh, yeah? I feel Which like... One? Yeah, I feel that... Um, is uh, this the Dizzy... John Baptiste? Well, well, John Baptiste Gillespie? does this, but a little bit. But actually, I'm going to go for the Dizzy Gillespie, where he's got a very... Halfway between sung vocals and spoken vocals, where uh, yeah, it's, okay. it 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 really works. Here, let me just play it.
4: Grabbing up your hats, coats, boots, and everything. Leave your worries on the doorstep doorstep, 'cause we're gone by and by. Just direct your feet. You'll meet on the sunny side of the street. Can't you hear the pitter?
1: So yeah, he's certainly singing notes, but he's not following the actual melody. Mm -hmm. You know, he's kind of Mm -hmm. saying them in a spoken word on one note. He's kind of like... Like shouting them um, out, kind of flat, right? Rapping-ish. Yeah, it's sort of Mm -hmm. almost, almost kind of of precursor to rap, I'd say. But yeah, yeah, he's sort of... It's a spoken kind of rap poem almost more than mm, a, mm. the sung melody. And I, a lot of performers do that with this piece, I've noticed. Mm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I actually like it sung. Mm. I don't know why. But I hadn't actually even noticed that mm. with Dizzy. I've used and have danced to that song a lot. And uh, that never actually just struck me. But it's actually quite obvious a point.
1: He's not singing the melody Duh. at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, <laughs> but the very first performance on stage when um uh who is it Jimmy McCuse Harry Richmond the very Richman. first performance right Harry Richmond I don't think he's really fully singing the whole song he's kind of speaking it and singing well hang on he, let's, hasn't he? let's
0: let let's get another clip of Harry Richmond I've got another clip yeah set up there where I've got I've skipped the first chorus I've gone to the second chorus because let's listen for that and also he does a little improvisation where he he moves some words around and he puts words in. It's oh, quite cool, funny. cool, cool. Let's have a listen.
3: Grab your coat, get that old derby hat. Leave all your worries laying right on your doorstep. Left, right, left, direct your feet on the sunny side of the street. Listen, can't you hear that little bitter pass? Oh, that happy tune. That should be your step Cause life can be oh so sweet On the sunny side of the street Why should you walk in the shade With all blues on parade Come on folks, don't be afraid Be a little rover and walk over and if you haven't got a sense, what of it? Smile, laugh. You're as rich as Rockefeller with gold dust at your feet on the sunny side of the
0: screen. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, he does a really it.
1: good job, actually, for... You know, it's a type of style that I wouldn't usually listen to, like a classic '30s musical song, but it's it's really well done.
0: That's a really interesting link, and I hadn't thought of that. That's a that's a really cool link between Harriet and the original singer and Dizzy Gillespie. That's, yeah, that's a really interest. That's a really cool link. I think. I think I for never even thought of that. That's really cool. That's a nice point. I like. Oh, that. thank you.
1: Yeah, I think many of the versions of this song are like that. It it lends itself mm. to. I'm meandering down the street and I'm talking about my life and I'm telling everybody who I meet how happy I think I am and how thing life is good, even though it's not perfect. And it sounds very much like that is probably what people were thinking about during the depression, right? Trying to keep mm. their spirits up, trying to listen to yeah, things, yeah. to uplift them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Not like, you know what
1: I mean? And it's I, I the think. the era where,
0: where swing came about, you know? Which, which again, has that, we we're talking about blues, it has that kind of melancholy, but also has that uplifting list to it as well. well.
1: Well, hold up, Tom. Now, and I, I, I am wary to uh, confront a swing dancer on this, but didn't oh. swing come from a little bit earlier than the 30s, before oh. the Depression?
0: It did. But yes. It I... really took off in the 30s. Thir- like, a lot of the stuff is from the
1: 30s. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah.
0: So, swing, I, my understanding is that swing happened
1: somewhere in the mid to late 20s. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But s- swing itself is a very so uplifting actually. kind of uh, mm. art form and dance. I-, I think that it makes sense for the depression era, just like uh, mm. I'd mentioned this before we started recording, but um, there's-, there's actually research based off of statistics on Spotify and iTunes that during the COVID-19 lockdowns, there's been an uptick in people listening to happy music, just songs <laughs> that are happy. <laughs> And I think society generally has this tendency to change the styles of music they listen to based on the sort of like uh, mm. sort of feeling of the times, the cultural sort of mood of society. Yeah. Now
0: is that people listening to older stuff that's happy, or are artists now making more uplifting sounds
1: during COVID? I can't, you know say, I can't say I can't say that for know? sure. I don't know those statistics, mm. but I do know that there are, there are specific statistics out there that have noticed an the notice an uptick in the listening yeah. of yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. even just songs like the song happy you know you've heard that uh oh what, that one yeah, gosh, yeah. <laughs> that just songs like that things that are upbeat fast catchy yeah 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 because people hmm. want more of that in their life you know when they're locked up that's and when they're going through difficult times
0: that's true i d- i do have been listening to a lot of well i always listen to swing in the car but I have been kind of like, but I kind of like both though, you know, to kind of listen to the dark and the light.
1: Yeah. Well, for me too, I I like a little bit of a mix, but I I think in general during the Depression Mm. era. So I just want to give you a list of famous songs from the Depression era here, because there's a theme going for sure. Think about uh, some other songs that were written during that time over Mm -hmm. the rainbow, somewhere over the rainbow. Right. Oh, okay. We're dreaming about a better place a different place Mm. in the world. Mm. Mm. Uh, Fred Astaire, let's face the music and dance by Irving Berlin, just a happy dance tune. Mm. Uh, Mm. Ginger Rogers, the gold digger song, we're in the money, (laughs) talking about getting money. We're in the money, right? uh bing crosby pennies from heaven money coming down from heaven this is a depression era song that's a cool
0: that's a cool song happy days are
1: here again another famous depression era song so there's a theme Mm. here for sure Mm. all these Mm. songs about getting rich finding happiness you know these upbeat dance tunes uh there are a lot of them coming out of the 30s Mm. and i I feel like on the sunny side of the street certainly fits into that
0: Mm. i'm sure there's a lot of dark songs as well but Probably yes. That's, yeah. that's that is a nice. That's an interesting trend.
1: Yeah. Oh. To be fair, cool. those dark songs may not be the ones that have lasted. True. Yeah. the The ones that really captured the art of the time, I think, are are these sort of upbeat, um, happy tunes that brought people joy during a very difficult time. Tom, uh, it. I wonder if I should uh, bring up a little bit of music theory yeah. discussion here. Let's do that. feel let's, like let's we might so, be... Yeah, let's
0: walk me through the song or w- whatever you have planned.
1: So let's take a look at the music theory. Mm. This piece of music begins with two pickup notes that lead into the A section. The two pickup notes and the first measure of the piece strongly indicate that we're in the key of C major. Mi, re, do, re, mi, fa, mi. Mi, re, do, re, mi, fa, mi. Mm. Mm. I'll play it one more time. So that third note, that third note right there, that's our C and the outline of the melody there just makes it very clear that we're in C major. Mm. Now, the musical form of the head, the head meaning the foundational portion of the piece that's written on the lead sheets, Mm -hmm. the head is set in an A-A-B-A form, and each section is an eight-bar phrase of music. For this piece, I found actually some podcasts and online resources that already do a very detailed theoretical analysis so I will keep my analysis very short and simple, and we will link those resources in the show notes. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. But there is one point that really stands out to me that I want to discuss. Okay. When I listen to On the Sunny Side of the Street, the melody and harmonies sound harmonically unsettled and wandering.
0: That's interesting. That's very interesting.
1: What I mean by this is that the piece of music is very clearly in C major. We know this because the melody outlines C major at the start. We also know this because the B section has a clear cadence on the dominant of C major. Right. And the dominant of C major, by the way, is G major. So there's a clear cadence uh, on G major at the end of the B section. The thing is, within this clearly outlined C major key area, the melody and harmonies are often giving a sense that maybe they will move in a different direction, to a different key. Um, And this happens through using a musical technique called secondary dominance. You can hear this at the end of the A section and deceptive cadences. There is an example of a deceptive cadence right before the secondary dominant. Mm. They are two cadencing techniques that drive a piece of music in the direction of a new key or, or a different key area. Or they could potentially do that. Uh, and But in this case, they actually do not truly transition to that new key area but they use this as kind of a technique to push the melody forward and bring kind of energy to the melody. Mm, mm, mm. And I think it's done really well. It's what I like in terms of sort of the music theory and construction of the piece. It's what I like best about this piece. It's fun to improvise over, and it brings a sense of wandering to the piece.
0: Talking about wandering, let's wander somewhere else for a bit, shall we? Yeah, okay. I was thinking of wandering over to some piano versions of this song.
1: Okay, cool. Um,
0: there's uh, the swing artist is Teddy Wilson. Teddy Wilson, Fabulous, right. fabulous uh, pianist. Let's start with him, actually. I was going to start with someone else, but let's start with him. So we've got Teddy Wilson and I've got this lovely quote by Benny Goodman. And I'll put a link of where I got the quote. And he says about Teddy Wilson. So Benny Goodman played with Teddy or Teddy Wilson, played in Benny Goodman's band. Hmm. And Benny said, my pleasure in playing with Teddy Wilson equals the pleasure I get out of playing Mozart. I, I oh, wow. Little, <laughs> it's just a lovely course, you know. And if you listen to te- Teddy's stuff. But I, I wonder, you know,
1: did he enjoy playing Mozart?
0: I'm guessing. Guess. <laughs> because, because, uh, I'm guessing he did. Uh, I don't think he meant it. We'll,
1: <laughs> we'll assume, he it. <laughs> Let's assume he enjoyed it. But Teddy,
0: Teddy was, um, you can kind of hear it in his playing. He was a classically trained uh, pianist as well. Um so he he had that kind of cat, but he had a lovely light I would ca- categorize his version of Sunnyside as beautiful.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Something I I I liked it. I I don't think a lot of swing dancers would like to dance to it, but I like dancing to it because it just fills me with this kind of joy, this beauty. Um it's just play Cool. Let's
1: see what I'm excited. Let's see what I haven't our, listened to let's this. See one, I, let's so. see what our audience thinks. Yeah. That is a really nice version. I, I hadn't it's listened nice to that one before. He's yeah, he's a, got a light touch for sure. Definitely. It's just yeah. fabulous.
0: Um, From there, I thought we might move over to someone who I have heard of before. I haven't listened to much of his stuff now, I must admit. Like before we move
1: on, though, uh, get, so you were saying about this piece, uh, the things that stood out to you were really the, the light touch on the piano. Is thats that, is that the, the light main touch one.
0: and just the the it fills me with a sense of um joy or beauty yeah just, it's yeah, a beautiful yeah. piece i can't put my finger on white hmm. maybe the lightness and it's just the simplicity and the
2: hmm.
0: it's not too heavy it's just it's kind of like floating it's lovely I, d-
1: I do like that it's a little bit unobtrusive compared to some other versions mm. of the piece sometimes mm-hmm. I kind of see this piece as leaning towards being very extroverted, very kind of like, mm. hey, I'm happy. Let me tell all of you guys about how happy I am. You know? <laughs> it's a bit too much. It's too jolly. <laughs> yeah. Which is, for me, it tends to be a little bit much. Sometimes I'm into it. You know, there are times yeah. when I like that. But in this particular one, I don't feel that. I feel like it's unobtrusively happy. Unobtrusively happy. So I, I did mm. enjoy that. Cool. That's nice. What's the next one yeah. you were suggesting? Art Tatum. Um,
0: Art Tatum, cool. And he, he, I, I was reading about him a little bit and what I t- found out, an interesting tidbit about him is that he didn't really get on well in bands because uh, he was such a genius pianist. Yeah. He just, he couldn't comp. He just outshone whatever soloist was mm. playing. Mm. So he wasn't very good in bands. That, mm. That's one reason I'm sure there are others. I have a little quote from Wikipedia. It's the fine oh. institution that is Wikipedia. No, it's just, it's just, <laughs> uh... Let's hear it, Whatever. Tom. <laughs> Whatever. But there's a few things I thought was interesting. So, uh, Tatum had a different way of improvising from what is typical in modern jazz. He did not try and create new melodic lines over harmonic progression. So, I have underlined. Instead, he implied or played the original melody or fragments of it. So, I thought that was interesting. He implied or played yeah. the original melody. But that's interesting.
2: Yeah. And then yeah, it goes yeah. on.
0: And then we go down here. The melodic lines may be transformed into fresh shapes, so only a note or a beat or a phrase particle retained to associate the new with the original. Yet the mm. melody remains, if only in the listener's imagination. That that is um, Well written. It's, it's kind of just in the imagination. It's just there. He mightn't play it, but it's implied. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And then the other thing which and, and this is we'll hear this in the recording. And the other thing which I thought was interesting is that he his rhythmic sense also uh, allowed him to move away from the established tempo of a piece for extended periods, periods without losing the beat.
1: Ooh, and you can hear That's impressive.
0: can You can hear him do this a little bit in this yeah. well, if you can catch it. So let's uh, go with our titum.
1: He's doing some. Um, he's doing lots there. Complex. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing complex he's doing a stuff. A lot of things there. Yeah. 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 He he does keep the tempo really steady, but he oh, okay shifts okay, it. Make, like misunderstood that. Okay. No, no. He. You're right. He's shifting the tempo while returning to it. Like he mm. shifts the tempo within, within, the beat. Yeah. Like you'll notice when he he has a lot of scale runs where he you know runs down a scale yeah. really fast mm-hmm. and. It feels like he's losing the tempo for a second but then he comes right in in the exact right, right yeah, spot. Yeah, 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 yeah On yeah, the next yeah, yeah. beat, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. He's, he's he's doing that. There are some classical pianists that do this with things like okay. uh Debussy is a very typical mm. piece where they'll stretch the notes but they'll they'll try to always come right back in in the right beat. Um, okay. um so okay. it's it's a technique and he does it really beautifully for sure. I I'm a, it's hard to do when you're doing complex improvisation so wow that's yeah
0: that's something that Oscar Peterson has a lovely quote or a little thing to say about him uh, I think when he was an up and coming uh, penis player in Montreal I think that's where he grew up uh, he thought he was the you know the bee's knees he was the shit like you know and uh, his dad you know took him aside and he played him at Tatum. and then Oscar Peterson says like uh, how many people are playing and the dad said, <laughs> one no there's like three or four guys playing there it's not one person (laughs) was funny Um, yeah
1: i mean he's he's it sounds like there's a lot going on uh that's for sure yeah someone
0: i definitely just would i just want to showcase him because i thought you know i think people maybe swing dancers haven't heard of him um because he's not really in swing bands you know he's more of a soloist Hmm. or like in small trios
1: do you feel like you could dance to this one
0: It would be a challenge. That would be very hard to dance. Then.
1: Tricky, right? Like you need a very, very specific kind of. You need to. You'd, I imagine you need to do something unique with your style to sort of match. I think you need to
0: do some sort of um, like modern dance or something like that. Ah. Um,
1: huh. That would be
0: very hard because, as you say, he's he's stretching and shortening time a lot. Mm. It's um, even though the the beat is implied, it's quite difficult when he's moving things around so fast. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah, I will find I will find that tricky. I love listening to it, but I will find that tricky. The next yeah. person, sorry, the next person is uh, someone I hadn't actually. I I'm ashamed to say I hadn't heard of this guy up until the last few weeks when I kind of was investigating this piece. And this guy called Errol Garner, Earl Garner, right. sorry, and he's got a lovely. Um, I don't know. I just really like this, and this is a lovely one to dance to. Um, it, it's just a lovely dynamic.
1: Okay, Errol Garner.
0: I (音楽) was going to 1949. it's nice isn't it
1: yeah i really like the the way they're um altering the a section a little bit they're they're giving mm. it a little more depth or he's mm. giving it a little more depth so mm-hmm. depth mm-hmm. i really you know it gives me when you really listen in it gives me a little bit of goosebumps when i listen to this one i like it it's
0: very. i've used this one recently in, in a in a video just um as a, a practice video for some dancing moves and uh i've used a song it's very usable and very danceable, in my mind. Anyway,
1: looking back to uh, our last podcast, I would consider this a hot version. Yeah, the way he's playing, he's kind of giving it yeah. some aggression a little bit. Absolutely, but also, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, I like. He he definitely doesn't have quite as light of a touch as um, Teddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's really going for it and digging in. I I like that about this one. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, Teddy Wilson has a kind of a cool a cool way of playing. Um, hmm. Talking about cool, we could, we could play a bit of Lester Young. Okay. And this is where Oscar P, Oscar P, Oscar P, Oscar Peterson, trio. And uh, Lester Young, which is, I think, to link back to our previous podcast, was, as one of his influences, uh, Big Spider Brick.
1: Oh, nice. A, okay. Like a, one of the
0: progenitors of, of a, a, the cool way of playing. Hmm. Um, and you can kind of hear it in Lester's uh, playing here. So let's have a listen to Lester.
1: A smooth kind of uh, very smooth. feel. Yeah, I what like I le- it. Beautiful sax.
0: What I really like about that as well is you, you notice the. Again, it, I think it's a feature of cool. There's these lovely spaces between things. Mm. It's like there's something, and then he leaves. This, he just he has that confidence to leave a space, and then come mm. back in two weeks later or whatever it was.
1: It's, um, you know, I think this piece like makes that. a really good cool jazz piece because um, mm. it also. I kind of look at this piece in two different ways. I, I see this as being performed really well as kind of a driving um, march piece or a dance piece. I th- mm. I think it really mm. leads itself to that, like either New Orleans style marching on the street or dancing swing, you know, and getting a good beat going. The other way that I feel like it really works well is kind of as a wistful, nostalgic memory mm. piece. Mm. and with the cool jazz kind of versions, you really get that where you have space and it feels like you're thinking back to happier times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this, the way it's very constructed. wistful. Yeah.
0: It's the, it's the Oscar Peterson trio keeping that lovely driving beat in the background. Yeah. and then You've got Lester Young who has this lovely wistful, delightful way of playing. So let's move on. I think we'll, we'll press on a little bit to Peggy Lee. I thought we'd, we should showcase perhaps, uh, I actually really like her singing in this. It's a female singer. Hmm. Um, again, another cool. For, I would consider this a cool a cool way. When I, when, I, when I say cool, I mean a cool way of playing rather than what historians might categorize the cool jazz pieces, which I think mm. are separate things. So I would consider everything we've played so far in a
1: swing genre. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm cool. when I'm anyway, talking about and cool, and cool and hot, we're just talking about like, the way ways that it's being, yeah yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 exactly. So I think um
0: let's play Peggy Lee singing the first, the first uh, two A's.
1: Okay, now who is Peggy Lee uh, playing with in this recording, Tom? Oh, she's playing with Benny Goodman. Benny, Benny Goodman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, is is this is this recording with this whole group? That's...
0: Yeah, uh, it's 1941. I'm not sure if it's the whole group. So what we're, we're coming in when Peggy Lee starts singing. So this is in the second chorus. So the first chorus is. Benny Goodman. So unfortunately, I was I was just focusing on Peggy. We
1: can go back. It's o- it's okay. We, we we'll make time. <coughs> for Benny like, Goodman I know you like day. Benny. I know I do. Benny. I do. But <laughs> I, I haven't singled him out on this piece. So I'm glad yeah. that you have a Peggy Lee singing version. Here. Peggy Lee. And I think
0: Benny's comping in the background. Um, All
1: right. Cool.
0: But let's let's just play the first two. Just to give a sense of her singing first.
1: All right. Here it is.
5: Grab your coat. Get your hat. Leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. Don't you hear the pit of pain And that happy tune is your step. Life can be so sweet on the sunny side of the street. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's just nice. Yeah. It's
1: nice. It's nice. Singing. I like um, it It's I like her version again also because it's not too in in your face which mm. I, I think she balances out the, the piece really nicely mm. I like it
0: mm. there's a, a kind of an interesting point here I wanted to make about implication if you listen to the lyrics uh, I piece of paper so when she goes um, can you hear that Peter patch so it's like can you hear that Peter patter bum bum for me, after they say Peter Pat,
2: yeah,
0: I in my mind hear a bump, bump, like a six, seven, in my brain, in my brain,
2: hmm. for
0: some reason. There's an implication that there's two things coming after us, hmm. so it's kind of some something's happening, and it happens later as well. So that's on the second day it happens. So we got the B, and then we got the A again, and and they say, uh, "If I never got a cent, bump, <laughs> bump." Bum same thing for me hmm.
2: um,
0: yeah I know maybe we play the B and
5: the A and see if people can hear that I used to walk in the shade with those blues on parade but I'm not afraid this rover crossed over if I never had a scent I'd be as rich as rockefeller gold dust at my feet on the sunny
0: side of the street so i hear that bum bum after the can you hear that pitter Pass? you can hear it there or uh even grab your go get your hat grab your go and get your hat bum bum not so much there but on the pitter Pass and also on the if i never had a scent so there's a for me there's an implication of a resolve of a six seven there or a bump bump.
1: Yeah, there's space to feel like that they're making a po- she's you know at the, at the end of certain parts of the phrase it feels like mm. they're making a point mm. at at certain at the in certain places and you want to kind of just say yes mm. you know with 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 that rhythmic kind of answer yeah yeah yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, let me give you an example that you got me thinking about here so one of the pieces that i was looking at was don redmond's don redmond by the way was a clarinet saxophone player composer and band leader and he formed his band in 1931 oh, yeah. Cool. and he actually had a residency his mm-hmm. band had residency at the famous uh manhattan jazz club connie's inn so uh the, the thing that stood out for me well i, I picked this one out because it's got it's a re- it's probably from the 1930s one of the best-known swing versions i think i would say with maybe the benny goodman one it's a pretty well-known swing version but you got me thinking of their lyric the way they did the lyrics so i'm going to play an example i want you to tell me what you think about the the vocal section
4: to the side of the street that's sunny We can't hear The pittatat, the ratatat Of the raindrops on
1: our doorstep So we'll direct our feet To the side of the street that's sunny da 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 We used to walk in a shade With the luz of the rain Did you catch that, uh, the, the, that part? Da-da-da-da-da-da uh, da. Uh. Right? They're they're kind of like putting a cap on the phrase
0: Also I heard earlier on Peter Pass Radadaduda Yeah, 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 that yeah can you hear that? Can you hear the Peter Pass? And they go to do to do. They did something yeah. there. They sung something. To do do. So it's kind of like the. Mm. I,
1: I I think this is a, a a stylistic choice that performers often made at at this time, because you you hear this in a lot of different pieces. This type of yeah phrasing, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun. I like the way they do it. I like the way they they're a little bit flexible with the lyrics, and I think this piece really leads... like. Lends it lends itself to kind of being flexible and fun.
0: You just reminded me as well of um of Jump Through the Window, uh, which is a uh, oh, yeah. Roy Eldred song. Sorry, I just blanked his in there for a second. Roy Eldred's oh, okay, nice. And uh these two performers um uh called Sky and Frida two dancers did a performance to this song and they put claps in mm-hmm. in a in a very uh almost like a call and response sense, but it's like this <clap> bum bum. So the song does something with the trumpets, mm. and then there's a silence. But the the dancers put a bum bum in, where there was that silence, uh, which just reminded mm. me of this this thing I was talking about there earlier with the six seven or the bum bum after the pitter pat. I link I link the the link you know, to that performance down below if you want to check.
1: Also, in this um Don Redman version, yeah, you kind of got me thinking about. Well, tell me what you think about this. I it's um. The B section, uh, John Rudman's playing the B section here of uh, of this piece. Check it out. Did you hear that? Like, da 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 swing thing that's being brought into it's a it's a lick like a riff that's being brought into this it's definitely not part of the piece but it's part of the style that you know a lot of big bands would have that also notice right at the beginning of the b phrase section instead of how a lot of them are doing it with the da, 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 instead of that kind of phrasing they're going mm. they're doing this swing phrasing where mm. they have the uh, uh, I can't do it with my voice, but I might give a musical example. Here yeah, we go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear that? Hear that? Ba, 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 ba. It's very energized, and they're using the trumpets to kind of blast it in, almost like a pickup to the to the melody. Mm. I think his version is really interesting because mm. he's like using a lot of.
0: It's an it's an interesting
1: arrangement. It's yeah, and they're cool using. Yeah, and they're using like specific kind of swing tropes like I think that a Reg. lot of big bands used at the time and they're mm. very recognizable so I, I really like that about this he
0: kind of like was one of the maybe key people in bringing composition to big bands in the swing era maybe
1: yeah maybe. I, I, I don't like that's, I haven't that's, I think that's done a gonna deep say. dive yeah. on him I haven't yeah. done a deep dive on him but I know that he he was a big performer in the 30s yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. but you know if you have a position at the at Connie's Inn in manhattan during the depression that's a pretty big deal you have to consider this is a time where n- getting a gig like that would be life-changing yeah, yeah. so yeah you know
2: how'd you get to
0: Carnegie Hall? <laughs> be a good i don't musician. know how, how, <laughs> how do you tom yeah it's okay okay <laughs> <laughs> practice
1: <laughs> practice yeah there you go um so wait, a, i do have what's yeah, up wait. no no go, so go, go, i go. do have i just have one other clip that i wanted to share cool. so This is a much more modern version of the piece. This is, Uh uh, and he's actually one of my favorite sort of jazz musicians of today, uh, John Baptiste and his band Stay Human. Um, Now, what I really like about Stay Human. Is that the name of his band? That's his band's name, Stay Stay Human. Stay Human. There's a reason for that. As opposed to, I don't know. <laughs> stay non human. You can stay non human, Tom. I'll stay, stay humanoid. Human. That's fine. Right, that's stay fine. humanoid. Okay, we'll stay humanoid. I'll, I'll give you that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, um, well, it, their meaning behind that, by the way, is I understand oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, they have a philosophy of social music, which I subscribe to, actually, where okay. uh, they're, they see their music as something that's supposed to be interactive to some extent. Mm-hmm. And it's very much within the cultural realm of uh, street jazz in New Orleans. Mm. you know mm. he's actually from New Orleans though mm. he's he lives in New York these days. He studied at Juilliard. but he's uh, yep. you know his roots are in New Orleans jazz and he does embrace that. and I feel that what I really like about his take on this piece is that you know he he starts it off in a very minimal way. It feels like you could be marching down the street saying hello to people as you're jamming, you know, looking back and forth, and just incorporating anybody who wants to join in. And that is how I feel like this piece is best done. For me, I, I feel like this piece is perfect for that. And I'm just going to play the very beginning of this because I I recommend that people go out and listen to the whole thing because he starts out really minimalistic with um, his percussionist or co band leader Joe Saylor, is on the um, tambourine, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. playing the melodica, which is... Uh, you know, a keyboard that you blow through, basically. Sounds kind of like the harmonica. Here we go. bass comes in there i didn't want to play too much of the clip but it's really worth checking out he's got live versions you can check out on youtube too the bass i like when
0: the bass comes in that's nice yeah
1: i think it's a master personally i think it's really a masterful take on this piece Mm. Mm. so it it certainly is my favorite version that i've had a chance to listen to yeah
0: cool that's uh when i first heard it i didn't like it
1: Actually. oh no way <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know this is the thing it's really interesting i think our tastes actually really differ in a lot of ways but um i i listen to it and
0: i i guess yeah no i i totally appreciate what you're saying and actually when he starts getting into it a bit more i, I kind of get into it but i like minimalist aspects but there's something about the start i don't like it's
2: uh, oh maybe, yeah huh. maybe it's
0: his singing it's his oh mm, yeah it's just crap i don't like that at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so for me I, i'm not I, when that. i'm listening i don't like that at all um yeah i do appreciate the the simple i don't know is there something he's trying to push something too much run and really? let it happen i don't know i huh. get this feeling something about it i don't like
1: Huh? yeah all right i don't know i'm, I'm surprised like mm. so for me at I the beginning, I don't uh, He's a very very even...
0: famous musician, like, you know, because he, oh, yeah. he, oh, he had... Oh, yeah, he's really um, skilled. He had a... Uh, I think he brought something out there recently with a couple of dancers in it. He's yeah. well
1: known as the band leader for the Stephen Colbert show. Okay. He's a co-band okay. co- leader with uh, uh, Joe Saylor, his percussionist. They're okay, co-band okay, leaders okay, okay, for the show. Cool. Yeah, But um, for me, actually, when I listen, it's funny you say that because... Yes, he is using his voice, but I don't even notice it. It's not what's important oh, really? to me about the piece. Yeah, for me, it's just not important. It's sure. It adds to the casualness of the performance. It feels like he's so comfortable with it that he's going to just walk down the street and we're not really performing. We're kind of chatting with the people that we're playing with. Yeah, you know, okay. we're kind of having a discussion. We're not trying to make a perfect performance. We're trying to have fun. Sure. That's how I see it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so I I, I really like also that about this version, and mm. I am I like that at the beginning, that whole sense of casualness. Sure. If, we, if I wasn't visually watching him, mm. I could imagine the band wandering in from the street onto the stage while playing this, and it's slowly turning into a performance. You know, you're kind uh, of okay, okay. walking in, just kind of jamming, making a couple sounds, gr- kind of saying hello, mm. then building up to a performance. That's kind of the interactiveness that I feel and hear mm, and mm, kind of mm. sense about this performance. So w- which uh, which uh, versions really stood out to you, Tom?
0: I've got I've got Jack McVeigh. So very different now to what we just heard, I think. Uh, this guy was in the um, kind of pre-R&B. Or uh, not hard Bop but uh, Jump Blues. He's, one of, he's a jump blues musician.
2: Hmm. All right, so people cool. like
0: Louis Jordan. And uh, he has a version. And what... Okay, I have two things. I have two clips. And I have two things to say about the first clip. Is the stops. The, we use this version in our class. And this is a lovely version for stops breaking on a beat. Mm. In particular, the odd beats. Mm. So it's like, it's like a one, two, three. And you do something on three like a slide
2: or mm. break
0: down and you stop this is a great and also the second thing is if you listen to the double bass it's not walking it, mm. it, ha- it doesn't have a driving feel so mm. it connects those two things together quite nicely I think with the stops and it doesn't drive too much it has a kind of a one one three five seven one yeah, that kind of a feel
2: mm.
0: let's have a listen and see what people think <laughs> So you get the idea that there's this one, five, bum bum, bum ba So it really accentuates those ones mm. fives. Which you do a lot in jazz. They do a lot in that in jazz anyway they accentuate the uh the the odd beats the one beat.
1: Mm, i think that uh this is a nice version but i i i do feel that they lose some of that movement uh, mm. that, which i think brings a lot to this piece when when it's there
0: yes yes but now if we go to the b section we get the movement back
1: oh all right here we go
0: yeah and the, the double bass walks here <laughs> I just thought I'd make a nice little dance point to round this off. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like top.
1: that one. That that. But again, I kind of like this piece better as a kind of rough, casual piece. And mm. this, if cool. when it starts Absolutely. getting too polished, I start to kind of lose my interest in this piece. So mm. I like the style mm. of this. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, it yeah. is about it, but for me, I feel like happy, casual, and a little bit rough is what really does it for me on mm. this one. Hmm.
0: I would have, so you you would say your favorite version is, uh, is John baptiste Very
1: yeah, strong, very strong, yeah. Very strong. yeah. yeah. Uh, th- th- of the my, ones I've listened to, uh, yeah. Gillespie is a great performance, but it doesn't mm. capture what I'm looking for in this piece. It mm. doesn't capture that, to me, it doesn't capture that rough wandering down the street, dancing, saying hello to people, meandering. That's kind of what I want to get out of this piece.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely think I think Teddy Wilson is one of my favourite um,
1: yeah. um versions. That one was really good. That was a really
0: good one. It's really cool. Yeah. Um and I, I actually really liked um I liked the, the original guy sing it. I thought it was cool and that was an interesting mm. link between that and Dizzy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah.
0: Interesting uh, take there. I thought we'd end with some monkeying around. Cool. There's this band. Called they're a modern band like uh, Mr. Baptiste. They're called Monkey Do. Uh, they're European. I'm not sure. I think they're French or Spanish. We combination of both. Um, yeah, and they've got a, a kind of a cool version of sunny on the sunny side of the street, and it features a ukulele. Oh Just no kind of way! That's nice. awesome. All right, it's nice. It's nice to hear ukulele. I think in a, in a song. So yeah, on that note. Let's end off with
1: this. I would just like to thank everybody for tuning in and remind everybody that our email, Jacob and Tom's, uh, podcast at gmail.com is available if you want to send in any corrections or participate at all in, in, in our podcast. I did actually get a message last week um, from a listener who told oh. me that actually uh, Henry Mancini is apparently the oh. correct product pronunciation while we were pronunciation, <laughs> oh, pr- pronouncing it as Mancini. <laughs> now, I'm not certain about this, but... Hang on a second. I, look, I was is told...
0: it Mancini an Italian name? I'm going to ask some Italians. So, yes,
1: it is. President? No, it is. Did... Apparently, if you're Italian, you would pronounce it Mancini, but Okay according to the way people popularly pronounced it, it was pronounced Mancini, mm. I believe. Mm. again this was a listener correction so i don't have proof of this but in that vein we it. really appreciate when it. we really appreciate when somebody uh, lets us know so uh thank you and please give us do a we email. have this person's
0: name so i can hunt them down and find out
1: well maybe offline uh i'll let you know I'm joking.
0: <laughs> um um so Fair enough. yeah that's, that's cool no thank you for letting us know that's uh I will make a note of that, Mancini. So, Tom. Monkey do on that note. Here we go. <laughs>
4: sunny side of the street Can't you hope the bitter part and that happy to is just that life can be so sweet to the sunny side of the street I used to walk on the shade with the blues on
2: parade
4: but I'm not afraid this rover cause all I a how for some i be rich as Rockefeller Life can be complete to the sunny side of the street